0: Good Evans, it's a Bobcast! Welcome to episode 16. I'm back. I'm back, baby. Uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. And uh, thank you for those of you who have been uh, patient with me over the last couple of months that I have been uh, on the podcast front. I've been a little inactive. Basically, I just I had a bunch of time off on, in January, um, just kind of savouring the last few weeks of school holidays before my uh, eldest daughter um started school and then in february i started to arrange to uh you know speak to some people but that sort of stuff takes time uh and also in february i did feb fast i didn't drink for the whole month of february bar one night um up in rockhampton which you know when you go to north queensland all bets are off um that's just the way it works anyone who knows north queensland will agree with me so uh so yeah so i had a whole month off off the booze which was really really great um i mean it was kind of shit sometimes uh there were some nights where i just got so angry and resentful that i'd made this stupid decision and um and why on earth was i had i decided to torture myself in such a in such a way but the, that only happened in small waves most of the time I, I was really i enjoyed the uh the clarity but anyway now it's march 2017 and i'm uh Going to try and sort of get back into doing regular podcasts also too i am hitting the road through april may and june i'm playing solo shows it's called the lonesome highways tour and i'm going to be going to canberra and newcastle on the central coast to katoomba and sydney and Cronulla and Bulli and towoomba and bellingen 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 somewhere near Coffs harbour anyway uh brisbane melbourne geelong adelaide castlemaine rye uh all those places between april and june Um, and tickets are on sale now and you can get them by going to bobevans.com.au and if you do go there to buy a ticket you will also be able to download for free a little ep that i've made i've called zeros to heroes and it's a six track ep of home recordings of mine um, that, for one reason or another, have not made it onto a record when I've um, been making records, you know. I have a computer, a hard drive, full of hundreds, literally hundreds of songs. Um, And, you know, a lot of them will probably never see the light of day. But there is a group of songs, you know, that I I really like, but either they just haven't fitted in with the style or the aesthetic of the kind of record that I was wanting to make at that time, or, you know, they just missed out for for one reason or another. So anyway, so I've made this EP of those... I've put together six of my favourite songs, demo recordings. And so, yeah, you can download that for free when you buy a ticket. But, but you only get the EP if you buy a ticket online. So if you buy it from, like, the venue or something like that, you won't be able to have access to that. So, yeah, uh, that's just the only way it can work, apparently. Um, okay, so... Should we get straight into it? I, I don't want to yabber on too much. Uh, uh, my guest for this episode is one of my favourite people. She's, I just adore this woman. Her name's Julia Zemiro. She's one of the funniest, smartest, uh, warmest, w- most wonderful people that uh, I've ever had the pleasure of working with and knowing. And um, I was r- just so uh, happy that she uh, agreed to uh, join me on my <laughs> on this humble little podcast because you know obviously as anybody who's been listening knows i'm just kind of feeling my way through this i don't really know what i'm doing um it's all a bit of an experiment but it's kind of fun and i get to sit down for an hour and chat to people like julia which is you know such a such a pleasure so i really really enjoyed this chat and i hope you do too don't forget that songs uh that my guests talk about on every podcast end up on a spotify playlist it's the good evans it's a bobcast soundtrack on spotify every time i do one of these three songs get added or sometimes less than three because not always sometimes the songs that are chosen aren't necessarily on spotify so but um most of the time they are and so yeah if you want to listen to the songs you can Okay So let's get straight into it now This is episode 16 of Good Evans It's a Bobcast I'm back baby Woo <laughs> Welcome to the Bobcars Cows, Julia Zamiro.
1: Oh, thank you very much, Kevin. I'm delighted to be here.
0: Well, I'm delighted that you agreed to say yes. And we're in Williamstown in Melbourne. We are. Yeah, and you're doing will So you're working here. Tell me what you're doing.
1: I am. So um, there's a film being made called The Barbecue Movie. The Barbecue Movie? Or maybe just The Barbecue. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. It's, definitely, it's a movie. So, look, it's a family feel-good comedy film yep. told through the eyes of a boy, 13, and his mm. dad, who's played by Shane Jacobson, okay. is obsessed with barbecuing. Right. Okay. Obsessed with it. <laughs> and I yep. play his long-suffering wife, Diane. Yep. Sometimes he calls me Steak Diane. You see where we're going <laughs> nice, with that? Nice. Now, it's broad comedy. Yep. Um, the wonderful Magda Zubansky is in it playing wow. a Scottish... Butchering expert of on meat, <laughs> Manu from right. MKR, the okay. French chef, yep. who apparently studied clowning, Are you kidding, and me? mime when he was in France years ago, is wow. in it a natural? Really? Um, and of course can cook, so that looks yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nicholas Hammond, who was one of the kids in The Sound of Music. Extraordinary actor.
0: What, like the actual the original actual, movie? Yes. You're kidding.
1: I know. I it was. Well, quite, he was one of the
0: children in yes. that. Yes. Oh my he was god.
1: It was very hard for me. In fact, I didn't. Not once. I didn't go there. I would have sat yeah, him right. down and Julie Andrews him to death. I would have wanted <laughs> all the Christopher Plummer gossip, but I didn't. um And um, so it's a wonderful crew. It's gone really well. They're kind of doing on the smell of an oily rag, but they're incredible. Yep. But again, it'll come out in a year mm. and I've got no idea, you've got no idea what it will look or sound like. It's about editing, right. it's about timing, yeah. all that. And they've been filming in Altona and right. Albury.
0: And where? Albury. Albury. Okay. The country yep. town. On the, uh, on the border. Correct. Albury-Wodonga.
1: Yes. Yeah. But on the Albury side. On the Albury side. Uh,
2: yeah. Was <laughs> it? Hmm.
0: So is it an, an Australia? is it like a an, an Aussie film in the tradition of, you know, Say you know your your castles and your
1: right. It is well in that it is told through the son's point of view. Yeah, yeah. It's about family, Mm. Um, and I think at first they were going to make it purely comedy, and then they realised no, it's the family thing. And I guess to you know Red Dog that movie did so well because. Three generations could go together, Mm -hmm. agree that it would be possible for everyone to enjoy it Mm. and not have fights and it not be about, you know, violence or anything. Mm. So we don't have many films where a grandmother, you know, a grandparent, a parent and a kid can go together and enjoy something and go, we saw this. Yeah. So it's been good. Yeah, you know, because I trained as an actor and I've been doing a lot of presenting of yeah, late. Yeah. So it's so good to get back into it.
0: When was the last acting gig? you did?
1: Uh, I did one in French. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you? I did. Uh, so <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Rachel Ward, the yeah. magnificent actress yes. and now director, um, directed this French story. Yeah. Aussie soldier in World War One goes AWOL and in France and sort of ends up sort of staying in this French woman's farmhouse and she hides him which of course could cost her her life and it's called an accidental soldier he basically doesn't want to be part of the war right. and dan spielman was in it he did all the stuff in english and they got this wonderful french actress called marie bunel who did the french yeah. and i was the friend of marie with a kid who basically dobs him in dobbs the okay. soldier in
0: and how long ago was that
1: two years in okay. perth oh right yeah. We filmed outside of Perth in which in countryside that doubled as France. Oh, wow. Brilliant. Well, yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, I, I suppose, uh, you know, there is there are similarities to when I've been in Spain. Yes. Which I know is in France. No, but no They no, kind they, of no, close no, together. It, yes, okay, Yes, Yeah. You know, <laughs> and going on the coast of Spain near Valencia. Correct. And driving along and looking out the windows going, there's. Looks just like the little stretch mm. between sort of Perth and down to Rockingham. You know, that sort of as when you go south from Frio and you head down, it remind It looked just the same.
2: Wow, it was amazing.
1: And the incredible thing is, in Perth, we managed to source, or they managed mm. to source, so many French-speaking actors <laughs> or people who were French who had done acting before, weren't doing it anymore, yeah. but were absolutely perfect to be workers in a. I was working in a factory and. Mm. You know, I mean, it was quite a beautiful little project. It was made for ABC TV. Right, okay. And uh, I had to speak French and not like this, but really French. And uh, cry. That's hard.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I was going to ask like, about the acting thing. Like, is it something that, is it like a, a muscle that you need to kind of like keep, you know, warmed up? Or you, you know, like mm. if you go a little while without doing it, does it take a little while to kind of... Oh, absolutely. It, yeah. Right.
1: And patience. It's it's all about patience. Whereas improvisation, which is also a skill that if you don't do it for a while, Mm. comedy improv or whatever, and singing improv, which I've done a lot of, if you don't do that for a long time, that is Mm. absolutely a muscle Mm. that just disappears. Mm. But um, but when you improvise, you get up, you start, you do it, you get off. You Mm. start again, you get up, you get up. It's so instant and and you just do it. Mm. With film and television, there's so much
0: waiting. Yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I've got a sense of that from the brief (gasps) experience that I've had of doing like... TV shows and stuff, and Rockwiz not being one of them, um, but other ones mm. where, like you know, you literally have to be in there first thing in the morning for to do something like right at the end of the evening. You're there for the whole day, and that's just the band that plays, you know. Because
1: um, with Rockwiz, we really try to film to time, and, yeah, and not outstay anyone's welcome. Well,
0: that's a kind of quite a unique. You it know, is a for, bit. for many reasons.
1: Yeah, but for f- for film too, I mean, it's not all about you, yeah. so you've got to wait yeah. for everything else to be set up, and then there might be a problem. And the skill for film acting and TV acting is that they just... You have to keep yourself in that state for two, Mm -hmm. three hours and then it's like, ready?
0: Do you have to stay in character?
1: Right. Well, (laughs) thank you, Kevin. Excellent question. (laughs) Well, Well, for the French lady... (laughs) A bit, because I was in period costume. Yeah, And that does all manner of work. Yes. (laughs) So helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was working with a very intense French actress who does it a lot. Marie Boudre, she's done lots of stuff. So she was very good to kind of get you back in the zone. Mm she muck around too. With the barbecue film, mucking up right up until the moment you go over there. Because it's been a very light and fun. Yeah. But there's still a lot of work involved. There's still decisions you can make about how you say something and... But, you know, no wonder we've all gone into performance of some kind because you really do recreate a kind of, you know, a microcosm of what you'd like society to be like, which yeah, is yeah. it's organised, everyone's got their job, yeah. there's a sort of a structure, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know your part in it. Yeah. And if it works well, and they don't always do, but this mm. certainly has, and most of the things I've been involved ha- have been, a good ba- in a band too, when it works mm. well in the band, there's a band, when it works... It's yeah, really yeah, kind yeah. of the most beautiful thing. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I'm very lucky to be. Well, no, I'm glad I chose that, 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 that job or that, that. The arts.
0: Yeah. You're glad you chose the arts as a career. Mm. Was, that, so, was there a. Because like, sometimes when I think about what I do for a living, I think, like, you know, I'm, I turned 40 this year and I look back and just go, I've spent, you know, the last 20, over 20 years, my entire adult life doing this music thing and and sometimes i just think like i i i don't recall ever kind of making a decision and going i want to be a musician it just kind of i just got into music and opportunities came along and i've just kept following them and taking them on board and all of a sudden like it's a in a lot of ways, that career defines who I am. In a lot of ways, I don't necessarily. I'm not saying that I, that's. I want it to uh, to define me. There are other things that I feel define me as well, like being mm. a husband and a father and stuff like that. But, but in many ways, you know, musician is like this defining thing, and it just kind of happened without me doing anything more than just kind of pursuing opportunities. That if had you had
1: had way. to choose, though. What would you have chosen, oh, do you think? Oh,
0: absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I suppose... You, you know, know, Kevin,
1: some we want you to choose <laughs> something. What will you do? It can't well, be music.
0: Well, I cho- well, I had my sensible choice, right? What was I that? mean Well, when I was about 12... See, Now, this was a decision because I guess I perhaps I never made a conscious decision to be a musician because it didn't seem realistic, right? But I do remember making a conscious decision that I was going to be a journalist when I was like 12. And... That lasted right up until I finished high school and I went to uni and I was still following this journalism thing because that was a realistic, yeah. that was like a proper job that yeah. you, you took a very obvious steps to, to kind of get towards. And, and
1: interesting and, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, interesting job. It,
0: well, it well, I always liked writing so that was like a very kind of practical sort of job for somebody who liked to write. Um, as as I I figured, um, but anyway, so then the music thing gave <laughs> a log, and then I quit uni, and I, um, you know, followed this thing. But anyway, yeah. the point that I was kept trying to get to <laughs> was that sometimes I look back and go, "Is this what? Mm. Is this was this what I was meant to do mm. with my life, or have I just been kind of like, or was it just something that I just got really lucky with at a young age, and I've just kept sort of mm. going along? Did did you make a decision? be a performer at any point in time or how what was your
1: not really I mean you know I got to Sydney Uni after high school and the only reason I did a BA is because someone else said they were gonna do one
2: (laughs) (laughs) and I I didn't didn't even know
1: what it stood for I'm like yeah BA that sounds good and I had to go what does that mean Bachelor of Arts what does that even mean you know yeah yeah. (laughs) but had a wonderful free tertiary education back in the 80s Mm -hmm. where I loved doing the fu- the actual art subjects but was a bit miserable until I joined the dr- the dramatic society. And of right. course, you know, you find your peeps and yes. They they say, "Oh, you're quite good at that." Yeah. And you go, "Well, yes, I thought I might be, but I I didn't want to be up myself and I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to act in a vacuum." So, yeah. thanks for that. And so you go from strength to strength in your own little world. Mm. Um, and Andrew Denton had a show called The Money or the Gun on TV yes, back then. And um, I did a few episodes of that. He asked me to work on that. And that was exciting. And, you know, I got my equity card. And, but I still felt... What's the equity card? It's the card that to join your union, to say that you can work.
0: I like, what, well, an actor's union? Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Do you, you have not have union? one? I think, well... Yeah, no. I hear these stories all the time. You've got one, but they don't really look after you. And no,
0: well, like they? a union. I think there is a union... But I reckon yeah, you'd I, know
1: if you're in it. I don't
0: know. Um, I don't know if
1: you're
2: in
1: And the, and the catch-22 is you can't get a job without a car, but you can't get a car without a job. So basically ah. what happens is that you do get the job and the, if you get a good employer, they'll go, well, we know you're mm, going to okay. get one, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. But there was always something or there were some people around us who would go, oh, but acting school, you should probably go to a proper place and train. And some right. of my friends did not need that at all.
2: Mm. But I
1: happened to get into the Victorian College of the Arts and right. I'd never been to Melbourne and it felt like an adventure and uh, got in and just learnt how to learn. And I still believe those three years, if I'd never become a performer, it would not be an amazing course to yeah, do lots yeah. of things. yeah. But again, like with you, you fall into jobs and then you yeah. get offered something and you know someone. The one advantage, I suppose, in performance is that you do live lots of lives mm. because you'll, you'll play different parts. So in a way, you don't have to choose to be one thing. You get to pretend to be lots of different things. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. In, in theatre and in film, and sometimes it's weird and sometimes you go, God, I get to be this angry character. Gee, that's quite enjoyable. Or whoever yeah. <laughs> once. My mother's not effusive with, with compliments, Right. Kevin. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I did... Well, that's, you know, I can relate to can that. Can you really?
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Great. And, and I think I can speak freely about this because I saw my mum just over the weekend and she doesn't know how to access my podcast. So I'm pretty um, sure I can say pretty much anything at this point as well, which you won't know. That you'll never
1: know. Um, but my mum, yeah, my mum's sort of at the school of, no, no, you were good, but so is everybody else. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And also I've always been very loud and chatty. But I was in this play called The Father We Loved on a Beach by the Sea. The
0: Father We Loved on a Beach beach by by the the Sea.
1: sea. Stephen Saul, I'm going to say, is the Australian playwright. Um, Great play, actually. Beautiful play. And in it I played a 50s housewife who didn't talk much. Okay. And my mother said to me after that show... You were very good in
0: that. <laughs> well, and the, but how did you take that? Like, I took to it as
1: it? she genuinely couldn't believe that I could do something and be on stage and be a character and not say so much. Yes, and you, be shush.
0: Yeah, you, were you able? You were able to project sort of like an internal, like a suff was it like a, a role a of long suffering?
1: Yes, it was. Right. It was. Look at you, you just knew that. 50s housewife, and you've gone, suffocation. Well, (laughs) she was. Look, you
0: know, I I wasn't there at the time, but I hear. You heard it. I hear it was probably quite difficult.
1: Mm, mm. No, you were right.
0: Yeah, but I mean, do you think, like, that sort of general um, parental thing, was that. You know, just like a way that they expressed a like a way of protecting you by like kind of you know that thing of you say you you were good, but so was everybody. You know, don't Mm -hmm. get ahead of yourself. Like, keep be realistic. Do you think that's what they were?
1: Well, luckily, my well, dad balances it out. Okay. And he's genuinely more um, he giving. Right,
2: okay. No, but he's not
1: nuts with it. You okay, know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember once doing it, you know, like, you know, he'll see me compare something or do theatre sports, especially in my 30s, and, you know, he'd say, oh, no, that was good. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. I mean, no, no, ça c'était bien. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. But I did do a play once, it wasn't very good, and you went, that was terrible. You know, uh, and yeah. he's right. Yeah. But <laughs> God forbid you have the parent that says everything you do is great. Absolutely. Just forget it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, in a a way you know, it's that old story when a teacher or a parent or a friend says you'll never be a musician or you'll never yeah, be a yeah. performer, you go, I'll show you I yes, can,
0: yes, yes.
1: And and sometimes, unfortunately, well, for whatever reason, sometimes that negative stuff absolutely drives you more, absolutely, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Okay. I mean, my you know, nope. my mom and dad were supportive, um, but. Being like quitting you, the day that I told my mum that I, mm. I basically we'd we'd had this massive you know fight the night before, and we had basically what happened was, <laughs> you know I kind of, I kind of called it bluff because like we had this big fight and she basically said to me well, you know because I didn't want to live there anymore, right. but she's like well you know if you don't live here anymore then you have to get a job so that you can pay rent like but while you're at uni you know you have to live under our roof because you can't pay your mm-hmm. own mate so i the next day i went and quit uni wow i said okay well that's that's and of course she was not expecting me to do that i was just <sighs> furious it was, was furious with me for doing that how old um, were you uh i was just i just started my second year so 18 oh that's young um yeah, so right. yeah i was like a few weeks nervous. into my second year and i knew that i had to quit before the fifth week, so I didn't get hit with another Hex.
1: <laughs> I'd already had
0: you build up a year of um, Hex debt, you know. But Hex
1: is crippling in that way, and mm. it, it makes decisions like that, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't yeah. be part of it, you know, and, oh, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's yeah. just not fair.
0: Uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I, I did it kind of knowing that by this stage the band was... It was up and running and, you know, starting to kind of get a bit of attention and record labels were starting to take us out for dinner and stuff. So I knew things were, like, like I had a sense that there was something else happening for right. me. There
1: wasn't nothing. It
0: wasn't, yeah. You weren't having to work at a takeaway shop. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but I did, you know, go and get a job in a, in a kitchen and an old people's home, <laughs> uh, but, which is really the only time. And then I did that for like, you know, six months before I was able to kind of start earning a wage from touring and stuff but um that's really the only kind of proper mm. job that I've had I used to have to put like when we do dinner service I used to have to put uh, tablets and stuff into the
1: hide it into the mash hide it
0: into their suits and their mash and stuff but some of the mm. residents mm. were a bit cranky about taking their medication mm. and and so the uh, my seniors working in the kitchen were like okay you got to so well, I'm like, you know, 18 years old mm. and putting like drugs. <laughs> medic, drugs into old people. Well, what if I've got the wrong... I mean, I uh, could have easily put the got wrong... Got that way. right. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Good on you. Big responsibility and you took it on board. I'm
0: surprised that I didn't just try taking the tablet myself. And, and that just, does surprise me also. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you young people in music. Uh,
0: I guess I just, you know, I didn't want to, you know, lose the job. But... um <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember where I was going with that.
1: But I mean, it's true, though. That it, is, it is true. Those jobs that kind of you have to take in the meantime before you get to yeah. your job. I, mine was waitressing, waitress heaps right. and heaps. There. Loved it. Yeah. And to this day, I think it was half my training for yeah, being an MC right. and hosting. Because yeah. it's like you got to look after everyone. Yeah. What's happening on table four? Have they got a drink? Yeah, or we yeah. up to the entrees. Main course is yeah. not. Like, it's such a part of it. Yeah. And. Would you, get,
0: uh, would you get tips for good service? You bet I yeah, would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So was, oh, was that a, 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 like a driver as well? Totally. Yeah.
1: Because also it meant that you would try and at least get, well, you know, back in the 90s, yeah. you'd hopefully get $10 tips for your cab ride home.
2: Right. Because of
1: course, trams would stop in Melbourne right. after one or whatever it was. So... Yeah, that was, the, that was the exciting part. And you've got mm. to keep your own tips at this place. I know some places they kind of, you know, divide them divide up. Them and up. That. Yeah, Which I mean, that everyone's yeah. got a different system. But, oh, you kill them with kindness. That's yeah, what I yeah. was doing, Kevin. Killing yeah. them with kindness. Look, it's,
0: uh, you know...
1: Even the Amway people who would come in late at night and <laughs> order one coffee each and one cake right. to share. And there'd yeah, be 12 yeah. of them. <laughs> and they'd try and get you onto the dark side. And you'd be going, I don't want to be part of Amway. But you're trapped as this waitress yeah. going... Yeah. You got to be nice. I got to be nice yeah. to them. Yeah. But yeah, and we had all the musical theatre crowd. Was mm. it the Spaghetti Tree, the top of yeah. Perth it's going to okay.
0: Mm. Right, and so and just to change topic slightly, but so you moved to Melbourne when and from where?
1: From Sydney to do VCA in 1991. Okay. And I could not believe Melbourne. You, you walk down the street as a woman, and men would look at you. It was very nice to be noticed.
0: What well, What do you mean, like?
1: Because in what Sydney, was your- Sydney was such a fantastic gay city, <laughs> and I lived in the gay area. All
2: right.
1: And I'd been single for a long time. And yeah. you'd come to Melbourne and just walking down, all right, live on street. But you'd walk <laughs> down live street, and men would just look at you and smile. And it was just like, wow, this is great. Yeah. And trams were intoxicating, the people mm. were intoxicating, you're doing something you adore, mm. right? You're desperate to stay in because once you get into uh, some of those courses, they can kick you out, right? right if they want to, right? Okay. Um, and uh, and loved it. So it was yeah. like being away from family and being overseas, but not too far. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. People often talk about loving going to study in Perth right. because it feels like it's quite far. Yeah, you know you, you can really concentrate on what you're doing but there's still this lovely life by the water and there's this yeah, sort of freedom yeah. and stuff but they can concentrate on what they're doing and not be distracted yeah
0: that's right I mean look you know probably the only thing that's going to distract you in Perth from your studies is like the weather and the beach and well, stuff yeah. there's you know not not like a
1: and Fremantle full stop yeah Fremantle I guess is, is kind of an
0: exception is, is, is an exception unfortunately Perth the city is pretty devoid of I mean, it's getting better. I have noticed over the last... I've been away from there for 10 years now, and I have noticed that it is getting a little bit better.
1: You tour there, though.
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm there all the time. I was there last weekend, and yeah, it—it it is slowly, slowly kind of... There are small areas of improvement. like Things like they, I think... I don't know, I'm not an expert on these things, but... Um, are you I, sure? <laughs> it's, good be, it's good to be some... I mean, prepare for some alternative facts here. Yeah. But, um, I think they did some, they changed some uh, liquor licensing laws, oh, small, right. like so that small bars could operate, similar to yeah. what's, what Melbourne's had for a while. I mean, I mean,
1: and there's nothing more annoying than comparing cities, but you know, when yeah. I first got to Melbourne in 91, people would have all kinds of, oh, well, Sydney this and Sydney that, and Melbourne this and Melbourne that, yeah. and we were always like, the friends that had come from Sydney were like, they're both great cities, what yeah, are going to, yeah. But now, having recently left Melbourne to go back to Sydney to be closer to my folks, there is a much easier um, way in Melbourne. Like, people are just a bit friendlier. The arts world's a bit more open. You know, there's always something happening in the city. There is that lovely thing of Fed Square, as Sydney just doesn't have that. And yeah. that's important. That's yeah. where you understand that how you build and how you design a city is just so vital.
0: Totally, yeah. I've always, yeah, yeah. I've, I've banged on for many times for my wife about, like, how what a great functional space yeah. the square is. I, I, like, I love, I love it. it. Because you go into the middle of Perth, you know, to their sort of public space in the city, like, and, you know, 6 o'clock on a Saturday, me and my brother were there, and... It was, it's just, it's dead. Mm. It's, there's no one around. But maybe
1: that's Victorians. Maybe it's Melbournians. There's something about them. They want to go out and do stuff. Yeah. John Clark was once asked, you know, Fed Square, yes or no? And he said, oh, I think it's only fair to comment once it's finished. And it's just considering it never finished, like yeah, it's yeah. still... But to me, there's something kind of broken and open. Yeah, and, yeah. And, it you was. know, SBS radio's there. There's yeah. the big screen so people can watch things yes. together. yeah the stations right there, yeah, yeah. the rivers there. I mean, yeah. it's it's gold. Yeah,
0: it is. I've also, like, kind of, you know, thought about the, you know, Melbourne compared to, you know, where I grew up in Perth and places like Sydney and Brisbane and almost every other capital uh, on the mainland anyway. And, like, my theory about Melbourne is that because it hasn't been naturally blessed with, like, mm. beautiful kind of, Uh, geography right I mean you know we did Perth and Sydney and and even Brisbane to an extent although you have to go a little bit further out but like the sunshine and the beaches and all that kind of stuff Melbourne you know purely geographically it's not really it's got a tiny little river that uh, let's Mm. face it doesn't look too great but um, there's not a great deal of it hasn't been burst so what it seems Melbourne has had to do is create something for themselves and that's potentially why you know, it's the cultural, you know, the arts and restaurants and cafes and all those kind of man-made mm. kind of uh, institutions or whatever. It's, it's like even it's know. like
1: I've got a friend and she's got six brothers and sisters and so many, 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 you know, nephews and nieces. And when you go to a, a function with those people, yeah. the kids organise themselves into games, sports dressing up they create their own little world and there's something about there are some people who just do that they create this thing so that no one's bored there is no bored in Sydney it's so blindingly beautiful and obvious
2: Hmm. I'll
1: I'll look there and drink that's right right. as opposed to creating something on the inside a friend of mine um uh, who's Danish used to say, you know, in Denmark we don't have any anything particularly big that we're exporting. We're not known yeah. necessarily for money. Yep. There is no beautiful thing to look at. There's a little mermaid, but mm, you know. <laughs> so the most important thing for us is our education. Yeah, yeah. As 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 kids, you're encouraged to learn English, so you'll be fluent and your and mm-hmm. doors will open. You've got the Danish, and plus a lot of them can speak <coughs> Swedish as well. Don't like Europeans, have, yeah. Yeah. And most. then they're proud of where they're from, mm. but it's we have to create our entertainment in a six months of winter and autumn that we have. Yeah,
2: yeah. You know, yeah. and the English
1: are good at that too. They like yeah. to carouse. They like yeah. to do, you know, some of the best panel shows come from England because they're parlor games. Yeah. Really clever parlor games where you go, okay, yeah. you tell me a line, I'll see if I can get right. yeah, QI. Yeah. You That's, tell me an yeah. interesting fact.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's not daggy. Yeah, yeah. It's not geeky. Yeah. It's actually genuinely fun. Yeah. And it always is. You'll get yeah. those kids that go, I'm not playing charades. And then yeah. half an hour later, yeah. bloody loving themselves yeah. sick.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You know, um, my friend, uh, and you'd know Davey Lane. Yes. <laughs> he told me this funny story like uh, that li- about something that Liam Gallagher from Oasis said. And, you know, I don't, <clears throat> I'm i not in the habit of quoting Liam Gallagher. <laughs> I was going to
1: say, <laughs> it doesn't strike me as something you'd do, Kevin.
0: But, um, the, but, <laughs> but this, this story that Davey told me has always stuck with me because I do think there's a, an element of truth in it, perhaps. He basically, <laughs> he's basically trying to explain to Davey why no... Like no so this is
1: Liam talking to Davey? Yes. Right, in life. Okay. Yeah.
0: This is the reason why no good bands have come out of Australia. No good bands are coming to Wow! Well. Yeah, yeah. Rude. And the reason why is because you know, and I'm. Not, I wish Me I was too. good at saying. Me too. I know accents, it's hard. But, it's it's hard, yeah. like. but he, he <laughs> basically goes um, You know, in Australia, you know, like everyone's, you know, the sun's out in the beach, and everyone's just like hanging out on the beach and suntanning and stuff and having a great time. But you know, in England, everyone's just like in their rooms, just writing mega songs. <laughs> mega songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, look, and I guess in his own special way, he was, uh, yeah, just kind of illustrating that same kind of point, I guess. You know? we, we
1: took um, Billy Bragg back to his house for uh, home delivery right. that showed you on the ABC. and um, his house is still there, and his nephew lives there now. Yeah. and it is a tiny, narrow little house from yeah. sixty years What's ago in- um, but ba- um, Barking ba- oh where Barking Barking he's from a place called Barking <laughs> yeah he's the bard from Barking right and Billy Bragg the bard barking from Barking Barking that's awesome and it's just outside of London it's it's an yeah. area that was uh, always a bit struggling yeah um, now it's kind of getting up but it's still a place where you know people don't have much stuff there and there's this narrow little house, and you walk in, and it's so like you've just walked into a set on World War Two. Mm. It's so small, and there's a the little room. And now these nephew's there with his wife and a baby, so there was baby stuff. And his parents are both deceased now, but right. And he's written songs, obviously, about them too. And you walk in around the lounge room. There were some pictures of his parents up, and then we go up to his room. Yeah. And honestly, it was. One and a half meter square by one and a half meter square. It was tiny, and I say, and it's really exciting, right, to be in the room where Billy wrote his songs.
2: Yeah.
1: Bad songs, never got their songs. Sure. Keep on trying songs, yeah. going for a career, failing, coming back, and the mother saying, "Right, you're still gonna, you're still trying." And even when he was successful, she'd go and visit him at his big new house and say, "I still don't understand what it is that you do." Yeah, yeah. But. He was in that tiny little house in the rain in the uh, mm. of England, and it rained the day we shot and all that.
0: Yeah, perfect.
1: Just riding.
0: Yeah,
2: just yeah.
1: riding. and then you know we went down to the. There's a river there and a lovely park, and mm. and we sat on the edge of that river and and spoke. But it takes a it takes quite uh, an imagination yes. and quite um, a drive to keep going and still yes. do it and yeah. go. I failed. I'm going to try again, and yeah. I wish. I'd love to hear more people, I'd love to hear more talk in the arts and I wish we could as artists bring that to the general population to go. Mm. One thing that we really have is resilience. Yes. I know we often think we're not resilient and Mm. we know that there's some terrible statistics about people in performance who are taking their lives and are finding the up and down nature of the work,
2: Mm.
1: but wow, there's such a resilience when you love what you want to do and you Mm. want to keep going there. Mm. And I think sometimes it's because I hope we reach out to one another a little bit and go, well, you get what I'm talking about because you're in the same boat. But to keep going, even when you know it's not working Mm. and it hasn't happened. Mm. And, you know, there are so many fast track ways of making it happen now Mm -hmm. that might sort of blow up in your face even yeah. though you might get a certain way and yeah, yeah so I think th- that resilience of actually uh, of creating all the time and even in the downtime, and going oh stuff and I'm not going to do this for a couple of years and do something else and miss it mm. I think that's a big thing I think it's important to leave something for a while and miss it
0: is that something that you've done
1: well They've been self-imposed because I haven't had children, so I haven't had that's right. a natural, normal thing for a dad or a mum to feel like yeah, that's sort of coming yeah. into their lives. Yeah, um, I've said no to jobs and moved away from jobs because I think you're becoming comfortable in a in a world and you need to try again. Like you said, you're turning 40 this year, I'm turning 50 this year and I'm not even doing it as a conscious thing, but it's... It's significant. It's a big yeah, number, yeah. you know. And so yeah. part of me goes, well, you know, what else could you do? Back to the beginning of what you were saying, of yeah. at the beginning we don't know what we're going to do. But I reckon everyone should have a chance to reinvent themselves sure. a little bit and yeah. go, "What you know, what would you do and mm. how would you change it? But I think when you get to a certain level of success, you know, when we do a Rockwish show, I know when I walk out on stage, that audience, without sounding... Uh, myself mm. but they love me already yeah yeah now how do i know i'm good at what i do if they love me already
2: mm. so part mm-hmm. of you
1: goes right well what would happen if you did a one person show by yourself with material that you've just written that's new i mean they'll still love it no the thing would be to go and do it where no one knows you yeah,
2: yeah.
1: so imagine yeah. going to and will anderson did that with with america he's right. gone over there to yeah. try and do stand-up because all of a sudden you're recapturing what mm. it was that mm. you were struggling to get at 20. Because mm. once it comes, I think it's uh, Tim mentions has this great quote where he says, "I think when you become when people become famous, they de-skill.
2: <laughs> they yeah. can't even
1: make their own bloody coffee anymore. They don't yeah. do their own washing.
2: Yeah,
1: it, little things that keep us normal.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: and then you don't be, you become this weird sort of." amorphous blob that sort of just mm. creates well sometimes doing the washing up and changing nappies and cleaning your own house mm. I don't have children but I'll clean my own house makes you go oh yeah right yeah. back to big right okay oh uh, yeah yeah
0: I you know every time I'm picking up my dog's shit <laughs> from my backyard I just you know I'm there scooping it up in a oh. plastic bag and <laughs> I do it most days because he doesn't get walked enough I'm sorry <laughs> um, and and Every time I do it, I just think this is this this is a great this is a leveler. ever I mean, when you are you know picking up dog yeah. shit from your backyard. Most I know, days. but I,
1: I still don't get that humans have to pick up dog shit. <laughs> I mean, really, that yeah. you know, yeah. it's nuts. Have a dog in the have a dog in the <laughs> wild and let them shit where they want.
0: But what have you ever um <laughs> have you ever been offered like a big commercial job like have you ever been offered a job on like commercial like breakfast radio or something like that or something like I've had and and like because yeah I'm just look I'd
1: I'd love to do commercial radio in the mornings but it's just too full it's too hyped and I think after about a week I did do it for a while in the mornings years ago and then did an afternoon show for two years with Jonathan Coleman on Gold 104 and okay really enjoyed it but also the repetition of it right does my head in Mm mm-hmm I've been offered things like, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here.
2: Right.
1: Wild horses couldn't drag me to do yeah, a show yeah, like yeah. that. Because yes. apart from all the cultural appropriation of the whole thing. Right. Let's yeah. go to Africa where the Ooga Booga people live <laughs> and do weird shit. Because that's what it's saying. <sighs>
2: yeah. it's
1: say, I mean, it is. It's saying, mm. because when they do those challenges where they eat weird stuff. Mm. Well, it's not, some of that's not weird to the people who live there. Mm. There are I a lot s- of layers
0: to that. Show that are strange. I
1: know. So when they ask me, do you want to do it? I just twice now, I think maybe. Right. Or certainly once Um, this year. um, I'm just not prepared to embarrass myself to that degree for money when I have perfectly good work and other things that I do. So maybe, yeah, the thing is people go on it for different reasons, I understand, but I still get angry that so much money is put into making a program like that. Mm. When there are amazing other shows on television. Yeah. Because, you know, television, yes, it can entertain and be silly and all of that. But surely at the beginning was also to kind of educate and to inform. Mm. And, yeah. you know, whenever people, even good friends of mine, tweet about a Desperate Housewives or the real, sorry, the Real Housewives of okay. whatever.
2: yeah, I haven't seen And they
1: seen go, oh, I'm watching it again. And I just think, but you know you're feeding the beast.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: and yeah. And it leaves the rest of us out in the cold who are trying to do... I'm not saying you can't have fun TV, but let, let Veep yeah. be the fun TV. Let Clever Things be the fun TV. Yeah. Let's all raise our level a little bit. Yeah. Because that stuff is going to put so many of us out of work. <laughs> <laughs> That's what annoys me. What, um,
0: and we should get onto music at some point soon. Oh, please do, cause I've got a
1: list. Why not?
0: Thank you for doing that. But um, I've written
1: it out. What,
0: what, uh, what TV were you really into when you were growing up?
1: Uh, well it was my babysitter. Yeah. The television. I was the only child for a long period of time. Then I had a lovely stepsister for ah, a while and okay. she came in out of my life. Yeah. And she's back in it, which is fantastic with yeah. three adorable children, so I am an aunt, which awesome. is nice. But um but my dad had a restaurant, my mum taught high school, was expected to also help in the restaurant at night.
0: So your dad owned a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Right. So and like a
1: little baby restaurant, like in the '70s, that served actually Aussie food. Yeah, Friendly, <laughs> for a Frenchman. having dinner. <laughs> But it was a going concern; it right. was working. Yeah, but so... it would have
0: been uh, a lot of hours. Oh
1: right. uh, yeah, yeah, and just me upstairs watching television a lot. So mm. uh, you know, I you know shows like Brady Bunch to me seemed real, and I thought, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's what families. You know, cap- right. I watch a lot of family shows. Eight is right. enough. Uh, we were talking about all our uh, all our sons. What's that uh, da, da, da. We were talking about today with the boys. We did a rock shoot today, and I was just talking about that. All my sons, I think it's called, and it's a story about three boys and their father, and he's been widowed, and okay. you know Doris Day movies with Rock Hudson. Right. You know, watching oh too many kids, and um, but definitely a countdown kid. Oh yeah, a love boat kid.
0: Oh, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah.
1: And my mother once walking in and saying, oh, turn that off, it's mental masturbation. <laughs> I'm thinking, can't say that. Can't say the word masturbation in my room.
0: Yeah, I don't want to hear say that word. Um, did you ever see the Lovebird episode where they come to Australia? No. Oh, my God. Okay. Stop. So <gasps> when um, we, uh, when my wife and I had, was it, I can't remember if it was Ella or Ivy, which child it was, but anyway. Very like in the sort of early weeks of having a new baby, and you know you're getting up in the middle of the night, and obviously you know my wife's doing the feeding, but I would um, after she would feed the baby, I would you know walk around for however long it took for yeah for one of our whichever lovely daughter it was, I can't remember. Sorry about that. It was a very <laughs> blurry time, but I'd walk around till they went to sleep, and so I'd watch TV yeah. at like three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, and. I saw all these episodes of the Love Boat. It Genius. was on every da- every morning at that at that horrible time, and um, <laughs> so and I managed to catch this episode of The Love Boat where it's like the Love Boat in Australia. Wow! And you know they sail into Sydney Harbour and stuff. But then the whole episode is just like these kind of postcard snapshots of like them. Now the cast are like uh, going to. Um, uh, you know, Taronga Zoo, of course. and here they are with the koalas and stuff, and it's just this patchwork. The storyline is like very, like, almost non-existent. But they were never great.
1: <laughs> they were never great. It was
0: just, yeah, it was such a bizarre kind of thing. Any patchwork.
1: Aussie actors?
0: Um, I don't recall any cameos, no. Mm. But you know, years and years later that that was filmed, I saw an episode of Modern Family, where they come to Australia. And I realised it's exactly the same. Mm. Like, they come to Australia, and the Australian episode is just a bunch Mm. of, of just a a patchwork of scenes of them engaging in these, like, clichéd kind of postcards.
1: But I think, too, don't you think sometimes it's an American idea of what Australia is? And even though by now they know what that is, I think the audience must go, well, I hope they go to the opera house, and I hope we see the bridge where Oprah was, and, and, you know... Mm. You know, Hugh Jackman can't be in everything. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have to put in the landmarks, <laughs> Centre Point Tower. Mm, yes. what an edifice that is! Yeah, Bondi Beach. They probably went to the beach.
0: Um, yes, they did. Yes, they, of course did. they did. Definitely went to Bondi Beach for um, some
1: hijinks in the sand.
0: Yeah, lots of running and yeah, lots of running in the in the you know along the water. Water. Um, and uh, yes, and one more thing before we get to—I don't know how long we've been talking for. Oh, I don't know. Oh yeah, cool. i, I haven't got Um lunch. uh You mentioned Rockwells before, so yes. um, what's is what's happening with the Esplanade Hotel? I know is it? Did
1: they well, just I, do a big re?
2: Well, and where are you filming? This is
1: my understanding. This is my understanding with the SB. They are closed down for renovations. Yeah, hope I'm not talking out of turn, but um, um, and. It was always going to take a long time. And yeah. when we shot our last series there, <clears throat> um, the place was closed. So it was mm. the most strange vibe. Mm. You know, usually the place is open and it's alive oh, yeah, and yeah. the yeah. audience can come in and have a drink. And yeah. Here they were, could still have a drink in the Gershwin room, mm. but they were sort of lining up outside. It felt a bit unwelcoming, but yeah. we still wanted to film there obviously for the show. Yeah. And it's still closed. And then my understanding is they want to build a rooftop bar Right, but the plans of that for approval took a long time. Okay, and so now I think it's been approved. Okay, and it's just taken a long time. I mean, I, I mean, you would assume that that place can basically um, survive being closed a, a long time. Yeah, but I don't know what the full new look of it will be. Right, and um, and well, at, at least they're not
0: knocking it down for.
1: Oh, no. Well, yeah. What am I saying? No, of course. That could so happen, of course. And in terms of uh, filming again, well, at this stage, we haven't quite heard back. So this could be our last season on SBS. And it's always been year by year. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: You know? So... um, and in fact, everything's year by year in yeah. TV now. I mean, yeah. those days are gone where Channel 9 or, I mean, not that I'd want to work for them, but <laughs> a station would go, oh, we're locking you in, you're with us for five years, yeah. you get paid a ridiculous amount of money, but you can't do anything that they don't tell you. Yeah. So you find yourself slotted into doing things that you might be just mortified by. Yeah. And I mean real mortification. Yeah. Um, this doesn't happen to me. I'm just saying I've seen it happen to others. So what's the payoff? And again, I you know, I didn't go into performance to be stuck being paid just for the money for five years doing things you don't like. Yeah. You know, you you go into performance because it makes you feel good about yeah, yourself like and you feel... Yeah, and, and, and you like the skill that you have to make something happen or work yeah, or yeah. be a character or whatever. Yeah. And there's got to be space in there to still fight for that a little bit, I yeah. think.
0: Yeah. Should we do... Uh your, your list of songs. So, did you, how did you come okay. to your list?
1: Oh God, Re- I love yes. this. This was like homework and it was really quite exciting. <laughs> now, I have several devices.
2: Okay.
1: Um, and I also watch things on YouTube, something for music as well because I mm-hmm. have to watch it for work.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so, I, I sort of got a couple of lists and amalgamated them. Okay. Because I've got a desktop and then, of course, on the phone you do mm-hmm. things and all that. So, I wrote it all out by hand and this is a list I have come up with. and Is it top 25?
0: Okay, and so you can't uh, look at it. do you? <laughs> I don't know. It's Good. gonna be random um, because it's because I enjoy the test of like you know seeing how often I actually know the music and oh. how often I don't. So oh great. Um, but do you use things, do you use any streaming services? Do you use Spotify or anything like that? Or? I don't.
1: No, I buy everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, buy CDs, records,
1: and on and iTunes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I buy everything. Yeah. Uh, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I have just recently discovered excellent headphones.
0: All right. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Now, wow. Gee. And, yeah. the, thi- and the dumb so thing well, is, as kids, we used to listen to everything on big headphones all the time, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And then when Walkmans came in, they were smaller, yeah, and yeah. then they became inside your ear and all that. And I recently, I think I got some, oh, you know, for the plane, because they say it'll cut out oh, the like sound whatever. Oh, like noise cancelling, yeah. right. Well, now... Yeah, it's, put like them on and it's like I can't take them off yeah, and yeah, you yeah. hear everything and, yeah. and reinvestigating that great time when you were young where you'd lie down on the ground and listen to music yeah. you wouldn't sit up yeah, yeah. you yeah. lie down and get into it and you can set your lighting
2: yeah.
1: and all of that mm. um, but I'm also amazed at how much I'm som- I sometimes need a visual right i sometimes do and it it is it might be for work so we've done a couple of musicians on home delivery and you know i've been searching through there and looking at stuff and sometimes you just want to you go down a wormhole and you go oh that's them now what were they like then and then you start following then and then you find them on some show and then you're on ed sullivan show and then you're going (laughs) back again and and then you've seen johnny cash impersonate elvis presley and it's so raw and it's black and white and then two hours later you know and you're still listening on those on yeah, those yeah. really good headphones. Yeah. So, but I'm I'm someone who um, used to dance a lot around the lounge room with yeah. headphones, and ah. I'm trying to just do that once a week again. Yeah, I right. Can't do it every day. Yeah, but just that. loud And you're not annoying anyone. Yeah. You yeah. just got your. Yeah.
0: Have you ever um, gone to uh, a is it silent disco? Where I've people... I've
1: seen it. I'm very keen.
0: Yeah.
1: A silent disco for me. Is a lot more attractive than karaoke, for instance. Oh yeah, okay. Do you know sure. what I mean? Karaoke yeah, yeah. doesn't really interest me. Okay. But wow, I so, love that notion. Yeah,
0: I've never, I've never um, been to a silent disco before. You have, so you might be better at. I've you know, seen it. People. I haven't
1: experienced it. Yeah, yeah. But I want to. Yeah. Kevin. So
0: it's basically it's people just the people listening. Oh yes,
1: we should explain. Know, they yeah. all have headphones. Yeah. So imagine a room of 20 people, and it's never more than 20 because the place that puts it on, or well, I've only ever seen it at festivals or, you okay. know, um, that at bars great. or anything? Um, or I've, I've seen it been? at the um, Festival of Unearthly Delights okay. in Adelaide. Right. And, you know, so it might be 10, 20 people because, you know, there are a lot of headphones that could yes. go missing. Yes.
0: And they so have are, their, they, are they all cordless headphones
1: then? They're, well, they're, they're, I can't remember if they're plugged into something or they're cordless, but they've all got. They're all listening to the same song. Yes. But no one can hear it except for the people with the headphones. Yes. So as a punter, it's very pleasant to not hear anything. Yeah. And then you just see people moving around and yeah, all yeah. you can hear is their movement
2: yeah. and they're mouthing the words. Yeah. Right. And
1: sometimes okay. doing that weird high pitched sound you do when you yeah. don't when you've got headphones on you can't do,
0: hear yourself. Uh, does it make people um, do people interact while they're dancing or is it a very sort of Personal It gives comment.
1: permission to not have to interact. Yeah. And I'll have you know that I'm a big fan of the solo dance. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. I don't mind dancing with others, mm-hmm. but when I used to not be so recognisable, and it would be sillier, <laughs> I would often be dancing in the corner of a room.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And going off. Yeah, yeah. And there's a couple of songs in this list, yeah. whether we get to them or not, that, that, are, that are examples of that, oh, of I just nutbaggery.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> so and, and this is something that, you do you know in the privacy of your own home in the privacy
1: of my own home (laughs) since I was 14 that's
0: awesome Mm. um yeah I'm you know I'm 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 almost a little bit embarrassed to say no I can't remember the last time I just danced to Mm. just 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 really danced to to something um I because I used to uh, I, I did I used to a lot um
1: I would like to open some kind of club mm-hmm. that does dances, but not too late. <laughs> um, and and within reason, you know what I mean? Good Where enough. you go, we're opening this place up for like five, five hours, come in, dance, and then go home because mm. we've got things to do because mm. it's so healthy. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, bug at the gym, yes, just come totally. and do the dancing. Absolutely, yeah. Mm.
0: yeah. Great gym. way to keep Yeah, I've never been to a gym in my life. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Very impressive. <laughs> really, mm. I just, I, ju- I just have no interest in them. And um, I've got one more beer left. Mine.
1: Shall we share it? Sure. Yeah, great. Oh, okay. Are you allowed? Because you're driving. Oh no, that'll be fine. All right, yeah, yeah. you let it that
0: out. Oh well, no, no, we let, we let everything. Say that.
2: Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> of course you do. Because I did. I just, um, just for the listeners, I did buy three beers. Um, and, um, I'll give most of it, to, I'll just sh- uh, share it amongst
0: us. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Does your hotel, do you have anything in the fridge? No, that, no there's home, no mini bar here,
1: okay. you see, which I love. It's good. Isn't oh, it's no? excellent. It
0: stops you from making silly financial decisions like, <laughs> <laughs> like I what? make, like buying a, you know, well,
1: we should say before $15. we start. Before we start, though, we should say that uh, Kevin has joined us Thank on a Rockwiz know. tour before uh, yes. and been a regular uh, troubadour with us, um, mainly because he's excellent at the music, and you're great on the chat. And see, for me, <laughs> if we're going to do the show every single night, I need you know, yeah, famous guests, not just punters from the floor who are good on the chat, and you're great on the chat. Oh,
0: look, it was so much fun. I remember, you know. Many times because I, you know, I did a, a quite a few of them over the space of a few weeks, and every weekend just like flying off to and just thinking like this is pretty much the best gig oh, there is. It's fun because, like, I, I mean, what I look there's so many things that I love about it. Um, one of the really obvious ones is um, w- uh, doing working with mus- other musicians that I would never like, Marsha Hines. Mm. And, John English, uh, Rest His Soul. Yeah, and, beautiful John. Um, All these people that mm. in my regular life as a musician, I would just never be given those opportunities because just different mm. worlds, different mm. musical worlds. Absolutely. But w- an inc- what an amazing opportunity as a musician to kind of be get that e- yeah, experience. Um, but also what I loved is just being part of like a big ensemble, yeah. you know, and there's... And, and, like, I guess part of it is, like, it's kind of almost a relief when you know that you're, like, you're, I mean, it's different for you because you are, you're the host and you're carrying the, carrying the show to a large extent. But um, for, as a guest, you know, you, 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 you're just a small cog, you know, and you've just got this small little period of time that, you, you know, you, where you have to do your job and, um, and...
1: It's all care and no responsibility. Yeah. yeah. So just, we want to look after you, but we want you to have fun within it. Yeah. And and I, I just love that environment. Mm, yeah. I just,
0: I, I felt so at home in that environment and um, just enjoyed it so much and didn't feel at all like even, you know, playing to very, really big audiences, way bigger audiences than I would ever play to on my own.
1: And Just, still a bit nerves too, yeah, yeah, yeah like because sure. you're a little bit out of your comfort zone because yeah, yeah, you're yeah. still part of this other weird machine. That's,
0: but but it's but that's it was that was something that I could be really excited by, right. you know, because I didn't feel because you're part of such a big car ensemble or whatever, yeah. you know that like you've got all these other people that are going to kind of pick up and if, if you screw up or, if you know...
1: But see, that's a good way to see it. Not everyone sees it that way. And I, mm. I think sometimes people want more time or mm. they can't deal with... Um waiting around till they're on and that's yeah, a big right. ask as well yeah, I will yeah. say although I suppose you know you'll go to a you know you'll go if Josh if, I know you just did some shows mm-hmm. with Josh but if Josh was in town and he said come at the end and just two two songs yeah, yeah. well you're kind of waiting for two hours until that happens yeah, yeah, so sure. it's that you guys are oh, used waiting to it.
0: yeah totally you're always waiting around being a musician oh, it's like see that drives me 23 nuts. hours of waiting around oh yeah, I mean, my god that's uh, that's my know, nightmare yeah well it's kind of everybody I have speak to as a musician it's kind of like you're every day that you're on tour you like everything is all about that one hour that you know one and a bit hours but generally one hour that you Mm. spend on stage and the other 23 hours that surround that hour is all just like well sleeping getting to the airport sitting in a car traveling around going to like (laughs) but there's a lot of bonding but
1: there's a lot of bonding that goes on and I guess what I was so delighted by that some of the first tours that we did was that you musicians are so funny. <laughs> well. Very smart, well-read, all funny. Of well, no, okay. <laughs> well, maybe Rockwiz gets the pick. But, I mean, I mean, you know, you put a few of you together and it's just a delight. And, <laughs> you know, and you can sing and play an instrument. Wowzers. Wow. There's, a friend of mine has a theory that um, the reason we don't have... Many good front men, particularly in rock and roll yeah. anymore, is that they all went to comedy.
0: All oh, right, okay. That someone
1: could sing, you could just sing, but you could come back and go, I oh, know, I need that personality that can yeah, chat yeah. and is sexy and does whatever he or she wants to. But it was particularly for males. I think we've been talking about Michael Hutchins or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But just that, that sort of flamboyance. And in comedy now, there are people who have the gift of the gab. Mm. Some of them can hold a note. I'm not saying they could sing forever. Yeah. But, um, but I would say, well, I think you'll find there are some musicians who could totally cut it as stand-ups. Mm. Anyway, songs. Songs.
0: All right, so I can see that you've written a long list there. 25 going...
1: you asked for. I know. i am well, only done what it's... I've asked.
0: And, and I wouldn't ask normally for somebody to actually... Create their own list of twenty-five songs because that's a lot of songs. So the, the, this thing is born from the fact that iTunes mm. uh, has this top twenty-five mass played playlist, where apparently it um, counts how many times you've listened to songs and mm. creates this playlist, or whatever.
1: And it is surprising.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, what's
1: in. If um, you know, you cut out the things that you have to study and look at because you might be working. Yes. You might have yours, obviously. with yes, I've top deleted. 10 of yours. I've
0: reset. To yeah. zero, many a demo. Of. Or a, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Anything to do with Jebediah yeah, or, Bob or Bob Evans. Edmonds, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, all right, so normally how you kind of do this yeah, is like. How do I you just, do it? Well, I'd normally just kind of pick a number at wow. random and. yeah.
1: Wow, just at random.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. impressed. Yeah. Well, just, just using your mind. Don't be too impressed yet. Don't <laughs> um, <laughs> go over 25, okay. that's all I have. Number. Number eight. Number number eight.
1: eight. Feeling number eight. Oh, signed, sealed, delivered. Stevie Wonder. Oh,
0: brilliant.
1: By, but you would have known, absolutely. Of
0: yeah, brilliant. Um, massive, massive Stevie Wonder fan. Um, how did you? Can you remember sort of coming across Stevie Wonder or even that song in particular? Look, how's that came to
2: be? All the was... all the
1: early stuff I've always loved and enjoyed because mm. why? Uni, I think at oh, university okay. p- yeah. people would play it Around, along with the Wreath. That had been a kind of a Motown classics thing, and you'd be going, yeah. and it's just the. Just the, his voice when he's young, it's just so mm, pitch yep. kind of perfect. And, and then I fell, in, I fell out of love with him in, in, through many songs. Like I just okay. called to say I love you and the okay. need for that right. kind of
0: thing. I'm still sucking for some of that stuff, but anyway. <laughs>
1: but George Michael has this great song called As. Right. And it's um, a Stevie Wonder song. Okay. And it's like a gospel Right. And when I heard George's version I heard, and knew that Stevie had st- was it started it, I had to listen to them both and got a bit obsessed with that. And then went and saw Stevie in concert here in Melbourne. And I went by myself.
0: Yeah, awesome. It's
1: about five, six years ago. Because yeah. I don't know, I just wanted to enjoy it on my own. Absolutely brilliant. And it was so good. Yeah. But I had to get up quite early the next day. And right. he did two encores and I thought, well, he's not going to do any more. Right. So I'll slip out quickly so I can have that... Beautiful walk home mm. along the river before anyone else comes sure. out, and I can yeah. just enjoy walking down. Turns out he did as is the third. Oh was no! A little bit devastated.
0: I so you like read about it the next day. Yeah. Well, like if someone told you. Or, yeah.
1: yeah. Devastated. Yeah. Um, where, about, where, where was the key? Oh, Rod Laver. Yeah. yeah. Big fat. Yeah. Place, yeah. Um, but it's just he's just joyous,
2: unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Oh, and I guess the first time I fell in love, with, I know I was seventeen, and I went to Namia, New Caledonia, oh, to yeah. babysit a couple's little girl while they did a French. Yes, yeah, so say French speaking. French speaking, yeah. and they were doing the teachers had come from Sydney or around Australia to do this kind of conference for two weeks, mm. and I looked after their baby, and we went to a little village, and. Um, I was thinking, you know, I'm 17, we're going to drive in and we're going to see people in loincloths and, you know, no, Julia, of course you're not. And there was a big rolling stone tongue painted on the side of one of the huts. And I was thinking, rock and roll, I mean, what's going on? And then we had this little dinner. They made us this dinner and they played um, Master Blaster. Yeah, right. And we danced around to that. And I Mm -hmm. just went, what is this music? Like I hadn't heard, I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know. And it felt good to be dancing to Master Blaster in um, in, uh, Numea, in Numea. Yeah. But But Seal delivered too is just that great yeah. song about love too. Yeah, I'm um, yours.
0: Stevie Wonder like blows my mind because like he is just <laughs> just like elite at so many different things, right? Mm. I mean, obviously as a singer, you know, he's he's one of the best ever. But also as a songwriter, I mean, mm. he's written his his mm. back catalogue of songs. I mean, he's an incredible songwriter, and then like a pianist. Mm. And on top of that, he's also probably, I, again, I don't want to sort of speak beyond my um, <laughs> my expertise or knowledge. But from what I know, he pretty much pioneered that um, electric harmonica. All oh, right, you know. What more can't
1: you do? How many fucking things
0: can you do? Can you reach the top at?
1: Yeah,
0: unbelievable.
1: And he was very gracious and funny in concert, and yeah, yeah, really. I mean, his voice was there, like, you know, that's what you want, isn't it?
2: Do you reckon he
1: um, so if it's six years ago, I don't know, I mean, yeah, 60? We ask a lot of our performers, you know, we ask a lot of them to kind of keep giving and, mm. you know, I don't think I'll see Aretha Franklin no. sing unless I go to America, which I'm really loath to do now, um, but, I, but <laughs> yeah. she doesn't fly, she's terrified of flying, so she, no. she won't come here.
0: Has she ever been to Australia?
1: Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm no expert, but I'm going to say no.
0: She sounds like um, she's still got it. Well, when she footage. sang for
1: Obama and yeah. saying that to a woman, that she seemed she to be back in groove, yeah. like yeah. it was all back. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Ask Incredible. another number. Okay. Um, let's see. Twenty... Oh. Twenty-three. Twenty-three? You yeah, yeah, can chew with enough. your
1: business. Um, oh, so... Um, hypervalid. Oh, Bjork. Bjork. Yeah. Every
2: morning I walk towards the edge and throw little things out like car parts, bottles, and cutlery or whatever I find lying around. It's become a habit, our way to start the day. I go through a...
0: Is that off the first. Um, the
1: no, it's post. It's so a second album. Yeah, and it's when it's a song about walking to the edge of. Before I just she, wrote
0: this before I wake yeah, up. Oh yeah. my
1: god, that is such a beautiful song. And I, I've just always been really. I just, I get that. Yeah. And I can't say I've been in a relationship necessarily where before he wakes up, I have you to have go to, to the edge of my mind in demons, demons already, not necessarily. Sure, but, but I do think it's a song about being alone and mm. how to be with someone. Mm. And, you know, now I know... We all know a lot more about Iceland now for various reasons. Mm. You know, there was a crisis there and people saying what a great place it is and women stop work one day and, you know, all of a sudden Iceland realised, gee, if women stop working, nothing gets done, you know. Mm. They protest. Exciting things happen in Iceland. We know a bit about more now. But back then when she first started, it was still somewhere that just you didn't know anything about.
0: Sure, And there's yeah. a couple
1: of her videos...
0: It was quite alien, and and probably someone like Bjork coming from there probably fed into that
1: thing. Oh, totally.
2: You know, she's so
1: extraordinarily genuine and and herself. Yeah, and there's there's a couple of videos where she—it's just the camera panning, camera going. It's—I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't have been a drone, but a helicopter or something panning over the landscape of Iceland. Mm. And I remember thinking, "Oh, it's so black. Where's the ice?" You know, Mm. like what. And you see how volcanic it is and you see how crazy it is. And, you know, that that volcano erupted a couple of years ago and stopped the world, stopped people flying for, like, months. And I thought, good on you. You know, there was just (laughs) something. So for someone to have grown up in a place that changes so much in its Mm. kind of geography, she's of that world. She's of that kind of hot waters and springs Mm. and cold and freezing and no light and no sun and then too much light and too much sun. and. Yeah. So there's a madness in her work, mm. and I mean that's simplifying it. But there's something in her work where, you know, I've joked about this before and sort of said, you know, what would Bjork do? You know, when when you're having those big conversations with yourself and you think, mm. well, she'd, she'd probably do it. She'd probably do the crazy thing, the outrageous thing. Mm. And I know her later, her, her later stuff has been about a, 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 a breakup, and there's a softer side and a kind of more. She's more painful side there. Mm. But um, she was a kid who started singing. She got in a band when she was young. Yeah. She's so full of beans and gorgeousness. And it's that essence of how do you be like a child adult yeah. and, and and do what you love? Yeah. And she's very addictive. You know, I, 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 I'm genuine. I, Jenny will watch her, and that's when I talk about the visual, I will watch her, her sometimes, her old, younger stuff, and go... Mm. Why do we lose that yeah. um, energy? And she's very... She can be very nervous on screen when she's in an sure. interview. I don't love yeah. watching her. But if I could... I'd love to do her on Home Delivery. And I often say oh I would have loved God. her on, on Rock It would have been great to have had yeah, her on that.
0: Yeah, it would be incredible. Yeah, they're, they're such a massive fan of that song. I saw her perform at... Uh, yeah, I saw her play in New York <gasps> at the fucking Radio City Music Hall. <gasps> Um, wow. probably about two th- oh, that's that probably 10 years ago. Never been to Radio City Musical before um, and it was unbelievable. Mm. And, and and I think like when she played that song, I think it was probably seeing her live. It was the first time that I'd actually really kind of taken all of the like the lyrics and the song. Like I recognised the song straight away. I think it was probably a single. I don't know. I've it, it was. No, it was. Yeah, and, yeah. And, but I do recall kind of having a bit of a moment with that particular song, seeing it live for some yeah. reason. Like, you know, the. I mean, someone and
1: stuff who says I go through all this before you wake before up. you wake up, so, so I, I can, can be happy. happy. Again. Uh, yeah, um, uh, be um, safe, safe again yeah. with you. But she f- she throws things off, like silly things off. Whatever that might be a metaphor, yeah, yeah. and then imagines herself crashing on the. Road. I mean,
2: yeah,
1: you know that you can write a whole kind of poem and world yeah. in that bit, yeah. and it's a song you could listen to if you needed courage. Yeah, but it's a song you could listen to if you'd got <laughs> enough for a little bit as well. Yeah, sure, yeah, and, and there's go. Some, but there's, I won't. Yeah, I mean,
0: like there is something really aff- strangely affirming about mm. it. You yeah, know? like the almost like the fact that like she is. <laughs> I hope this doesn't sound silly, but like that she—the fact that she's being proactive about this Absolutely. thing, that like she's taking it on—you know—in a really brave but strong and silent way. I mean, like what—that's exactly. That's but that's mar- exactly
1: what's magic about her. That it's mm. proactive. Mm. She never has. She doesn't have stuff happen to her. She makes these things kind mm. of go forward. And there's a version to. On the same album that the Brodsky Quartet do with her, okay. so it's just strings and it's very dramatic in its own way. Mm. But the electronic version is evocative and filmic yeah. and yeah. And actually, I'm not. I don't really like the video that goes with that. And you know, she's made she's had some great ones yes. done by that French guy who's now Stefan. I forget his surname. Yeah. But um, yeah, she's she's just got stuff. Yeah, yeah you know? she's incredible. just got so much stuff to share.
0: Yeah. That's a great great song, great Love choice. Um, all right, we'll do one more. So oh, we we'll always more? do three. Oh, I don't know why we we'll do three. But, so many. I, um, I suppose, you know, I always feel like, you know, ugh, number one or number two, you know, I'm, I'm drawn to both. Of course you are. But um, let's, what's number
2: two?
1: Death by Chocolate. See ya. Death by Chocolate is a mirror. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This I know because I
2: did. Oh, I've been around from broken hearts and how lay your head in my hands, little girl.
1: This is only right now. Just by
2: crying isn't exist
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know that song. What mm. record's it off?
1: The one where she's drawing with crayons on her face? So uh, more recent? Oh, Much no, no, earlier. No, no, no. Much oh, earlier.
0: No. So, okay, the, the the album of hers that I know re- really, really well, I love Dilly's, uh We Are Born. Yes. This may have...
1: Might be before The it. one
0: before that. Yeah. Um,
1: she's got crayons, I think.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, she had a I'd song heard called
0: it, Buttons on that record? Yes,
1: and I'd heard someone else, and I think... Um, What's the other song that was also on this playlist uh, by her... I can't find it. Um, so I can't read my right. A Beautiful Calm Driving. Um, she also acts... I mean, uh, there's a Björkness to her a little bit sure. too. They, they kind of place themselves in a situation where you think it's about one thing mm. and then it all goes horribly wrong. So... Um, and also, f- with her, it's just the mood she takes you through. Yeah. Just the the harmonies and the minor key it's all the minor key stuff I mean if you're going to give me a song it's got to be a minor key (laughs) and that's something (laughs) about her that sometimes I like her quieter stuff where you just hear her voice and it's just piano and it's not too much um, stuff behind it sure yeah and before, when she was still new and she wasn't this powerhouse songwriter, and yeah,
0: yeah, well, she's the evolution that she's gone through It's incredible, the last, yeah, it's amazing. And, and I still think we've, we have actually talked about Sia before on this podcast, I'm a massive fan. Um, and I still kind of think that, like, she, as far as Australia, Australia goes mm. and what she's achieved. I reckon it's still. She's still a little bit under underrated. I reckon that she. Oh, God forbid. Uh, we,
1: God forbid we would actually.
0: Because when you look at the mm. kind of success and the kind of achievements.
1: I mean, the cleverest thing she did was hiding herself.
0: Yeah, yeah. And people go, yeah. "Where
1: did she hide herself?" And you go, "Think about it. Think about it. She. We know she's had anxiety. We know she's finding it all a bit much." Her success has gone in a way that she's finding hard to handle. So she's going to cover herself yeah. with a wig, still be able to belt it out, mm. and then get a girl to dance for you. Mm. Now, yeah, it's such a great idea. Yeah, and she's yeah. sharing the spotlight. Mm. And she's also saying, I don't do this to be looked at. Mm. And the song is just as powerful if you don't see me my mouth move.
2: Mm. Yeah,
1: it's There's so much going on. Yeah. There's so much going on. Yeah. And... You know they're kind of both conceptual artists a little bit, aren't they? Björk and her and how they kind of imagine things and do things. And sure. I've got lots of things on this that are just people that sing and are amazing. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would listen to her early stuff more than I listen to her latest same. stuff, though. Even yeah. though she, even though it's big and amazing. Yeah,
0: and all that. I'm. I'm. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm the same. Her her earlier stuff is more in in my, you know, it fits more into my kind of what I what I like musically, but um. But I've still, you know, am really impressed. Like you know, all the big, you know, shiny commercial mm. songs that she's written for other people. You know, that have been massive hits and stuff. I mean, I don't know if there's a precedent. Mm. A...
1: Bgs were good at writing hits yeah. for people,
0: but for a female like a solo female no. artist, yeah, I, I I'm, I'm struggling not sure. to yeah. think of a of, any, of a precedent and. Yeah. And she's
1: in a golden patch. So, yeah. you know, but look, just you conquered know, the world, you know,
0: and that doesn't happen. Really.
1: You are on this list.
0: Oh, Robert really? Just, no, so you know. bless you. Yeah.
1: Number seven was don't want to grow up anymore.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Because
1: mm. it makes me feel like it's summer. Really, and this was a song I heard because you came on our show.
0: Ah, right. Yes, and I do get addicted to
1: the people who come on the show a little bit. I I go through the whole thing, and there's something about that too. Because when we did it, we had Vicar and Linda with us on tour, and they would do harmonies with you. Oh God! And I still try and do them in the car.
0: That's another. Yeah, look again. Another perfect example. Like, and I remember, you know, saying to them, I think we're in Adelaide. You know, just going like. Oh. Oh, this is amazing you know like oh. I get to hear you guys like singing harmonies on my oh. song it's like what a incredible like that would never that hearing no go, with me in
1: yeah, the that's summer sun so oh it's cool. so great so cool and I'll be standing off stage because we're doing it live and I'd yeah. go I'll do Linda's part today <laughs> I'll do Vicka's part today because you know
2: yeah.
1: I, I mean my experience of Rock Quiz is of a fan to a degree too yeah, not yeah. a fan but more I can't believe I'm an arm's length away yeah, 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 yeah. from these two women yeah. and forearm lengths away from you and my... Ba- it's just a beautiful thing yeah, yeah. to... No, to side of stage is a very special well, place to be. the same way, you know,
0: like I feel so much like a music fan, you know, all the way mm-hmm. since I've been a musician as like, mm-hmm. you know, something that I do for a job. I still feel like a music mm-hmm. fan, at least equal to anything else. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think that's an incredible thing to, like, you know, to have a job or to be able to work Mm. in an environment where you get to kind of just go,
1: how fucking great is this? Mm. This is amazing. But that thing you used to do as a kid when a friend would say, listen to this, can, can quickly disappear. And... I'm someone who does need someone to say, listen to this, but I don't have to. I do a show where someone goes, listen to this. And I get to see rehearsals, so I get to see the song build. Yeah. And that's a very special thing to watch. Mm. Um, And then every night see how it plays out with the crowd and how it works. And and I learn a lot about performance and about pacing yourself from musicians as well Mm. and how they choose to Mm. write a moment or make an entrance or make an exit or... You know, Marsha Hines, I mean, she makes an entrance like no one else. She just waits a bit, even after she's been (laughs) announced. And then she walks on, and you just go, Yeah. Your showbiz lady. You know, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Thank you so much. I appreciate it so much. A pleasure. Um, And yeah, all the best with the rest of the filming. Thank Thank you. Only one more day.
1: Okay. one so, would day. And then um, back to back to barrel. Back to sitters. Yeah, back to barrel. Yeah. Back to sitters. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I have to go back there. Um, but I mean, you know, I've got a lovely life there. But yeah. Melbourne, beautiful place. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just glad I got to spend a bit of time in Williamstown. Yeah, Williamstown's great. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. See you.